Welcome to Written on Your Face. I'm Tina Powers, holistic esthetician and health coach with over 22 years of experience. I've helped thousands of people to improve their digestion and hormone balance, decrease stress, and to view their skin as a barometer for their internal health. I'm here to teach you how to take charge of your health, refine your skincare, and bring back your radiant glow. So I wanted to talk today about, um, you know, some skincare topics that have come up, but after just having an amazing conversation with a client and having had one of those weeks where I just feel like there's so much, I would say revolutionary energy in the air, I just felt like maybe, maybe it's time to really share a little bit more about what I do, why I do it, how I have gotten to where I am and what it is that I am trying to encourage in my, my business, my ethics. I think, I think I just want to dive in tell you guys my story. So I grew up in a household that diminished female achievement there was a sense of women should stay home, women should learn to cook, when you'll never get a man if you don't learn to cook a meal or clean the house or that kind of stuff, which feels so antiquated to be saying. And even as a child, I railed against that. There was often inequality in what I was expected to do and what my brother was allowed to do. And I would get in a lot of trouble for standing up for myself. And we call that good trouble, right? That's good trouble. So I was already asserting my independence even from a very young age. And I questioned everything. And I don't know why. I think it's just who I was born to be. And this remained part of who I was as I got older, in particular in high school, my parents had gotten divorced. I had lived with my father for a brief period of time, but he is not, he's a narcissist and a sociopath. So he was damaging to me, but taught me some valuable lessons about becoming who I was going to be and learning to stand up for myself despite, like in the face of adversity. But I didn't know that yet. So Fast forward to high school, and I am that kid who is outspoken, and I dress different than everyone else, and I would do my hair different every day, and I just expressed myself in more creative ways than most of the kids around me. And even in class, you know, in civics class in particular, or in a... Um, uh, current events classes. I was very outspoken. Um, I remember a particular time in my uh, world history class that I was very much looking forward to the chapter on women's history. The one very small, short chapter that existed in the book on women's history, which I had learned nothing of in school up to that point. And when we finished the chapter preceding it, the teacher announced that we were going to be skipping over the next chapter. And I raised my hand, my hand shot up and he called on me and I said, I 
think it's very important that we learn about the next chapter. And I am extremely disappointed and upset that we're not going to cover this. We literally have one chapter in this whole book that we have to learn about women's history. And you're telling me that we are now not going to learn about it. I was like, I look around this room and I see that more than 50% of the population of this class is women. And I would ask the women in this class how they feel about this, that they're not going to learn about their own history. And you know what? (laughs) Most of the women in the class just didn't care because they didn't want to have a homework. And I'm like, you're going to have a homework either which way. Do you want to have a homework that actually illuminates a part of our history that you've never learned? Or would you rather learn more about these white guys? And nobody really had my back there. So my teacher said, okay, Tina, for extra credit, you can do all the work in the next chapter and I'll allow it. And I said, oh, would you allow it? I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to skip the next chapter that you guys are covering and I'm going to do this chapter instead. And I looked ahead in the book and I can very clearly see that the chapter we're about to cover is something that we have learned ad nauseum throughout our education. So I'm going to pass and I'm going to focus on this chapter, which I did. And it was kind of a, a, a caused a commotion. <laughs> Everyone in class was really taken aback by my assertiveness. And I just, I felt so strongly about it that I refused to back down. That got me in trouble a couple of times. I did actually end up getting in a fight with that exact teacher a couple of times over similar uh, issues. But that's just one example of like who I was in high school. And I don't think that person has ever gone away. It's just who I am as a person. And it it, it remains who I am to this day. So fast forward to uh, college, I actually dropped out of high school. Um, The education I was getting at that school was lackluster at best. And I thought, you know, I could go to community college and start learning more advanced subjects that I'm 100% ready for. So I'm going to just get out of here. Um, And I left school and I moved out of my mother's house and I got my own apartment and I enrolled in the community college. And I took a couple classes and then I discovered that my parents were not willing to pay for that, that education and they hadn't made enough money. Well, my mom didn't make any money, so she didn't have any money to send me to college. My dad had money, but decided he didn't want to pay for my education because he didn't feel that I was going to be learning anything that I couldn't learn on the job. And I, for the longest time, was very disappointed by that decision but I've come to realize that the sentiment uh, was, while probably not from the best uh, intentions on his part, definitely shaped me because I, I went to my financial aid meeting, as everyone did when they first get to school. How do you get money to go to school? Here's how, here are the options available to you, grants, loans, etc. And I sat in that class and they handed out this little packet of documents for us to sign to get student loans. They were basically shuffling us into student loans. And I looked at that paperwork and it didn't look like something that would be supportive of me long-term. 
and I questioned it. And I said, you know, it feels like this is a very high interest rate. It feels like this is going to take a really long time to pay off. It feels like this is kind of being forced on me and I'm not comfortable with it. So I'm going to take these papers home and I'm going to look at them. Everyone around me was just signing them. This is like literally the first legal document that they were signing at age 18. And I, I'm glad that I made the decision not to do that, though it did mean that I had to delay my education, which was the entire point of dropping out of high school. Um, it, it wasn't my path. And I can see now that a lot of people still saddled with a lot of their debt from, from college have a lot of regrets around that. And I can say with total honesty that I have no regrets from walking away, uh, from that situation. I learned to be self-sufficient and I learned that in fact, my father was right that most of what I needed to learn could be learned through a job and someone would pay me to learn those things. So I started working and I worked my way up in several businesses. And I think it was pretty clear from the start that I was more interested in more kind of leadership roles so by the time I was 25, I was being offered management opportunities, um, despite not having a college education or a high school diploma. And, um, my GED seemed to suffice. And I learned a lot about people. I worked in the food service industry for a long time, and it taught me a lot about privilege and the ways that people treat other people when they look down on them, um, the ways that people treat you if you can't do anything for them, and the entitlement that many people carry. It was definitely an interesting exercise. Plus, it taught me to approach strangers uh, and to be more um, outgoing Um and to be somewhat fearless around that, which I, I definitely needed. It was a skill that I needed. Then I went to aesthetic school because I had acne. I mean, I had acne. I grew up in a stressful environment, obviously, that was at odds with my personality. And the stress of that um, definitely showed up on my face. And I used sugar, mainly, um, to sort of self-medicate, right? I was like my comfort was through eating, I was always very lean and thin and tall, and I never had fat really on my body. So I didn't see any physical consequence to eating that except for the acne. So going to aesthetic school was my opportunity to really heal my skin, learn about the inner workings of the skin, the um, skin diseases, disorders, histology, anatomy, and physiology, all of the background medical information that you really need to know in order to functionally not only help your own systems to be healthy and thrive, but to help others. So I learned how to heal my own skin topically, and I learned to heal other people's skin, right? That was my goal, to heal my skin and to help others to heal their own skin or prevent the damage in the first place. So again, fast forward to several years into my career, and I am offered a position uh, learning to design and shape and wax eyebrows <laughs> with a, 
the most well-known brow waxer in the country. And I jumped at that opportunity because I don't know, I, I never thought anything would come of it, but it was definitely better than doing the job I was doing, which was putting makeup on people. And I really didn't, um, care that much about it. It was fun, but I didn't, um, I didn't view it as, uh, frivolous as a lot of people did, but I could see how people considered it to be so frivolous. But I also knew that this is an industry that is one of the largest, most profitable sectors in our economy, in the world economy, the beauty industry, but it was looked down upon. So even as a makeup artist, even as someone who was knowledgeable, even as someone who was an esthetician, trained as an esthetician, practiced as an esthetician, and then was working in the makeup industry, still didn't really get any respect because it was considered a female field, which just, you know, in the system that we live in, is considered frivolous, you know, pointless. Uh, I disagree with that. I thought this is helping people who want to feel confident and feel their best to present themselves in a way that allows them to do so. No matter what their gender is, no matter how they identify themselves, it helps them to feel like themselves. Like they don't, they can somewhat even temporarily, just temporarily escape the judgment that comes along with having uh, pimples or having um, small eyes or having uh, whatever it is that's culturally beautiful at the moment. You know, maybe you don't have that look, so you can fake it through makeup. And it just helps you to move through the world authentically as feeling like you are who you are and you feel more confident and allows you to shine. So for me, that's the, that's the tool that makeup, that makeup is for, for humanity. And I dove into this brow waxing thing because I thought... Well, this is fun, you know, it's more utilizing my, my, my education. And as someone who has been obsessed with architecture and design my entire life, uh, this really appealed to me, this um, concept of designing a shape based on a person's natural bone structure and the way their actual hair grows, instead of trying to create something that that is different from what they naturally have, but to embrace the beauty that exists, to be the Rodin, carving out of stone an image that already exists in there, but just sculpting around it to reveal the true beauty that exists. This, I felt, was more my take on the role that I played as a brow waxer. And I still do it to this day, and I love it. I love it. But as my daughter was getting older and I was doing this job and I was very successful at it and I was very busy, I was one of the top, you know, brow waxers within this company in the entire nation and it was so satisfying to me. And I think the reason I was successful is because I liked it so much and it appealed to me on so many different levels um, that resonated with my personality. And... I was just working so hard and my daughter was in school and I, I didn't want to miss her childhood. I didn't want to be taken away from my inv being involved in her, her life, 
her childhood. I wanted to be present and I wanted to be involved. And I decided that I needed to start a business, but I didn't know how to do it. And I had a friend who had worked with me also um, at Nordstrom and she, she became a massage therapist and then she worked uh, with a chiropractor for a little while and then she just bit the bullet and she started her own business. She rented a space within an existing business and um, she encouraged me to jump, not just step, not just tiptoe, but literally jump off the edge of the cliff out of my comfort zone and to do something. So I took the $2,000 loan that I took from my own 401k and I found a space and I rented it and I renovated it and I, I opened my doors and it was the scariest thing <laughs> that I have ever done. But the cool thing about it was that I had an office and I had a treatment room and I had the front of the house. So my daughter, I could, I could schedule my days so that now that I could take my daughter to school, I could pick her up from school, I could take her home, and then I could bring her to work with me. And she could do her homework and be with me while I was finishing up my day. She wouldn't have to be in daycare. She wouldn't have to be in childcare. She wouldn't have to be at after-school programs all the time. You know, occasionally, yes, but but it allowed me to be there for her when she needed me. When she needed help with her homework, I could be there for her. And that was really my goal. And it's really evolved uh, over time. I think I've always been someone who my clients come to me and they they get more than they bargain for. Um, most people, when they leave to this day, they say to me, I didn't even come here to, I didn't even have a question about like my skincare, or I didn't even think about the impact my diet might be having on my skin or my eyebrows. And I didn't realize how environmental things or habits that I had were impacting my health impacting my hair. Like how did I walk in here for a brow wax? And I walked out with all this knowledge. And I, I thought about that and, you know, I occasionally will get into these really lengthy conversations with the clients who are really open to it. And they're very far reaching. We talk about politics. We talk about the patriarchy. We talk about being a woman. We talk about being a person of color and what does that mean in the world? And how do you walk through the world? And what does it feel like? And how do you feel like you have to dress it up or play it down or dumb it down? And I realized years ago that, that, that what I really wanted my business to be was not just a place where people came to have their beauty needs addressed or to have their, their, their face manipulated and, and massaged. I mean, all those things are absolutely at the core. But what I wanted was to have an inclusive place where everyone feels welcome, where we can talk about anything and any subject and be free with our words and to learn something from each other, to really unravel some of the internalized messaging that we've all been subjected to and to help to improve our sense of self-esteem, our self-worth, our, our 
image of ourselves that we then carry out into the world, knowing that there's support and care for who we are. And that is the energy that I want to impart when people come and see me, when people meet me. I mean, when I meet people, strangers just out in public, it's a rare, it's a rare occurrence that I would engage in just light conversation. And I mean, there's a place for light conversation. I love a light conversation. It's fun, engaging, interesting, entertaining, but there's usually an undercurrent of depth or current events <laughs> that comes out. And I think that I've, I've always appreciated and encouraged a more of a salon type of atmosphere and a salon, you know, the way we know it now, we think of it as a salon, right? You come, you get your hair done and you feel pretty and you leave. But what a salon has been historically is a place where artists, creatives, politicians, important people come and they discuss topics, art, they discuss politics, they discuss important things with each other. And that's where people would come and they would sit and they would discuss and they would learn from each other and they would debate each other and they would engage in important conversations. And that, that is the salon that I'm talking about. So that's what I, that's what I like. Um, my business is small. It's a small business and I watch, I watch as other small businesses start and fail and try to expand and sometimes overextend themselves again, over leveraging with bank loans and whatnot, and they fail. And I feel like there's this idea of what success is supposed to look like in this country. And I think a lot of people's concept of success is very grandiose. And I think that's wonderful. If you have the mindset and the ability and the drive to make your business huge, go for it if that's your dream. But if you want your success to look more personal, then there's no reason why it can't. And it's still success. I look around my business. I'm here now today. And I look around this place and it is just every corner of it is imprinted with my energy and my creativity. And to me, that is a success. That's a success. And within these walls, I like to think that I am encouraging others who come in and talk to me and open up to me and who experience uh, a conversation within this place that I think that I hope anyway, that people leave here feeling more energized, more hopeful, more empowered, more, you know, educated and more beautiful because knowledge is power. And I think that knowledge makes you stronger and more beautiful more embodied, more empowered. So I hope that that's what I am bringing to people. And the podcast, this is just an extension of that. I feel like this is just really what I love to do all day. 
I think I started this business because, number one, I was tired of working in organizations that were dominated by men. I wanted to work in an industry that was dominated by women and that supported women and that encouraged women and that was focused on women. And this is kind of a gateway, this type of industry. It's it's one of those things that, that is dismissed often by men in our culture as being a frivolous thing. And it's like, Oh, I don't need a, I don't need to wash my face. I'm a guy or I don't need to look good. I'm a guy. And I don't know. I think that those ideas, those narratives are falling away. I'm seeing them fall away. And I'm grateful for that because everyone deserves to look their best, to feel their best, to, um, you know, make themselves present themselves in a way that feels best for them. And I think that now I'm, I'm so happy to see more people really embracing their own concept of beauty. And it shows because now when you look at magazines and you look at people that are in the entertainment industry or in the political sphere or whatever, they don't look the same anymore. Like not everyone just looks the same anymore. Everyone is embodying their own brand of beauty. And I think that has power because everyone's so unique. You know, we are all unique. My mother used to say, and I, she would say this because she, I fought for my individuality as a child. Um, my whole childhood, I fought to be my own person. And my mother would say to me, Tina, you're unique just like everyone else. Which is the most hilarious thing that anyone has probably ever said to me. And I absolutely loved that. And it stuck with me because at its face, it's saying you're unique, but it's also saying you're just like everyone else, right? And it's true. We are all unique and we are all the same at the same time. And it's just a matter of, you know, getting to know yourself and being open to learning who you are and being able to show up for yourself as that person. So I don't know, this was just uh, a little, a little something that I thought, you know, it's the early days of this podcast and I kind of want to set the tone of, you know, my personality because I think I think that a podcast is all about the personality. <laughs> so you can stout, tout facts all day long and talk about these subjects all day long. And I think that it's great to share information. It's wonderful. But I think truly there's a lot to be said. And I, and I, and I think in this industry in particular, the beauty industry, there's a lot of opportunity to get a little deeper you know, they say beauty is only skin deep, but I could not disagree more. I think beauty is the deepest thing that we possess as humans. It's the deepest part of us. It's the thing. It is the thing about us. And it's the depth that I'm most interested in. So thanks for listening today. It was really great sharing this kind of personal story with you.
I hope that it struck a chord with you. And I hope that you maybe will think about some of these things a little bit differently. Um, I would love to hear from you. This, the podcast is called written on your face and it, it's intentionally vague and also can be somewhat specific. So it's very open-ended. Um, it literally can comprise many, many subjects from emotional health, mental health, physical health, um, political systems, creativity, literally all of these things, all these components of the life that we live, that we walk around with, that we embrace, that we don't embrace, that we fight against, that we rail against. All these things are also written on our face. So don't be boxed in by some concept of what we could discuss here. We could discuss anything and everything. And I hope we will. So I'm glad you joined me. I hope that this was interesting. (laughs) Um, And I hope to have more deep and important conversation and light and important conversation with you in the future. I hope you're having a great week and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you got value out of today's episode. Your support is invaluable to me. So please rate, review, and subscribe. You can book appointments with me in my studio in Seattle from my website at powerspaseattle.com. I'm on social media at powerspaseattle, or you can send me an email at hello at powerspaseattle.com. Feel free to leave a comment or use the link in show notes to leave me a voicemail, and I'll see you next week. Bye.